This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Welcome to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, athleticsfarm.com editor-in-chief, Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with the A's director of player development, Ed Sprague. After the cancellation of last year's entire minor league season, minor league players are finally back out on the field and back in action again. And we wanted to take the chance to talk with the man in charge of all the A's top prospects as the 2021 minor league season finally gets underway. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Ed. My pleasure, Bill. Well, fortunately, we, we've actually got a minor league season up and running here, believe it or not, so I'm sure you're as excited about that as, uh, as the rest of us are. Yeah, it's great for these kids who haven't played in you know, so long, so it's, uh, it's nice to get them back out there on the field. Well, it must have been exciting for you to see some of these guys in camp. I mean, I know you've seen some of them along the way at different opportunities, but, but some of these guys you probably hadn't seen in a couple of years. So how exciting was it for you to see them there in camp this spring? Yeah, I mean, you could really see the difference when, you know, some guys who were able to train more consistently than others, uh, maybe you didn't have access to facilities, stuff like that. So it was kind of a wide range of how people showed up in the spring training. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I was curious to know if there were any sort of standouts for you this spring. Like I said, you haven't seen some of these guys in a while. Uh, you know, it might be shocking to either see their progress or their lack of progress. But um, I was curious if there were any guys you saw and you just thought, wow, you know, this guy's really uh, opening my eyes here. Or, you know, this guy's really made the most of his time while he was away. Yeah, I, mean, I think Drew Millis, I mean, even though we saw him in Instructional League, we hadn't really seen him uh, for a whole year because he really, he's never played. Uh, until this year, and yeah. he was probably the most impressive in, in terms of people we had never seen play in a game. Uh, he was pretty good. I think Jose Rivas came back looking pretty good, and his skills seemed to have improved. Um, obviously, Chase Cohen's velocity. We, you know, we had a few guys that had some uptick in velocity, um, and that could be just due to the rest, or maybe some training techniques they used during the pandemic. But uh, it was nice to see some guys come out, you know, throwing the ball pretty good. Yeah, you mentioned guys like uh, Drew Millis. I mean, some of these guys were drafted in 2019 and had never had a chance to play in a pro game yet. You know, they've been waiting a couple of years to get into an actual game. So it had to be exciting for those guys to finally get going. Oh, for sure. I think everybody was excited once they got out to their affiliates and broke camp healthy and you know, look forward to getting things started. Yeah, you know, and it was interesting because with no minor league season last year, there were a lot of interesting decisions to be made on, on where you were going to assign these guys. And some of these players not only skipped a level, but they actually ended up skipping a couple of levels this year. So can you talk a little bit about the, the thought process and the decision-making in terms of which guys you were really going to aggressively promote after the off year and maybe which guys you were still going to be a little more conservative with? 
Yeah, I mean, it really kind of came down to like balancing playing time, you know, with certain guys, especially the catchers. Um, there's always that concern when you're, you know, jumping a level and now you're jumping two levels. A guy like Kyle McCann, uh, who, you know, and Logan Davidson and really hadn't played other than outside of Vermont, you know, short season. So there's obviously concerns there. You're just hoping that, you know, being a college guy at a big program, it's going to, they'll be fine. Uh, and you're not sure what the levels are going to kind of look like. I think everybody's kind of facing the same challenges uh, with their players. I think most of the players that, that got released during the pandemic were probably your mid twenties, your, you know, your double A type guys. Uh, I don't think most people release too many young guys. And so, you know, you need those young guys to go out and play. And so you're going to get, I think so far what I've seen in the California league is, or not the California, the LA West, <laughs> I guess is, is, uh, it looks to be like, it's going to be a pretty young league, mm-hmm. uh, which is good because I, our, our team in Stockton is, is fairly young as well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting with minor league reorganization this year, there's just so many variables and then having no minor league season last year, that provides even more variables so it was really kind of a crapshoot how everything was going to end up this year you mentioned uh some of those guys that that went straight from short season vermont all the way up to double a this year and one of them in particular was your former first round pick logan davidson and you also decided to have a couple of other high draft pick middle infielders go to midland as well nick allen and jeremy ironman along with davidson there can you talk a little bit about the thinking of, of that i think everybody was kind of surprised to see all those short stops there on that on that one team so what made you want to send all those guys there to midland and have them start there this year well i mean like i said we had some young guys that have been that kind of have to move up too so we just had you know people in the pipeline they kind of have to start playing and and all those guys just given their maturity level. I mean, you know, Nick's played the fall league and, and they, you know, he was at both, both of them were at the all side. They've been the big league camp. So we're hoping some of that experience pays off. It, you know, it is a big jump uh, for those guys, but uh, then they, you know, we got Bobby Crosby there managing. He does a really good job with the infielders. He's got great relationships with all those infielders. Uh, and so the ability to move those guys around and play, Second, short, and third would be fine. I mean, we love we love the versatility to be able to do that in our organization anyway. Right. So I think it won't hurt their development at the shortstop position. Yeah. Well, I guess if you're going to have a bunch of shortstops in one place, you might as well have them being managed by Bobby Crosby, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, another guy there at, at Midland this year, I know he doesn't get a lot of attention, but it seems like he's done nothing but hit ever since he joined the organization, and that's Jonah Bride. I think he was maybe like a 23rd round draft pick or something, you know, not high on the radar. And he's gotten off to such a hot start. He's hitting home runs every game there in Midland. I, again, a guy that doesn't get a lot of pub. Can you tell me what you see in Jonah Bride? Yeah, I mean, Jonah came in probably from a big program in South Carolina and uh, you know, played short season and then got to Stockton in 19, struggled early, was able to make some adjustments, kind of took away his leg kick, and he kind of took off from there. I think ended in Midland that year. Uh, we didn't see him for a while, and he's come back, you know, strong as ever. I mean, he's really a uh, more of a package guy than a tool guy. I don't think he has one, like, necessary carrying tool. Right. But he knows how to play the game. He does everything pretty good. He, He's versatile. He can play third, second, and first. He's got some power. Uh, he's got the ability to hit a little bit. So, you know, he's, he's not like a pure power guy. He doesn't have, like, pure above-average arm strength, but he's very accurate. You know, he's a solid defender. So 
again, it's more uh, more package than tool. Yeah, he's, he's just one of those under-the-radar guys that seems to know how to play the game, and uh, we've definitely been keeping our, our eye on him here a little bit. You know, a guy that I know really stood out to you and other people at the alt site, and I think also in, in spring training as well, is Luis Barrera, who's at Las Vegas this year, and he's gotten off to a, to a good start as well. Where do you think he's at in his development, and just, just how close do you think he is to being ready for, uh, for being able to make a contribution at the major league level? Well, I mean, he's as close as he can get, right? He's in AAA, and he's on the roster, and, and he's swinging the bat well. So just a matter of getting an opportunity. But, yeah, we've been kind of singing the, his praises for a few years in player development, the strides he's made. Um, you know, his 19th season got cut short with a shoulder injury, but he came back. He's just a guy that we've always thought could hit, uh, controlling the strike zone. He's, got, he's gifted with great hand-eye coordination, so he has a tendency to be able to go out of the zone and put the bat on the ball, but that, that can get exposed uh, the higher you go up when there's a little bit better stuff, a little bit more later movement. So he's worked on that. He's started to take a few walks here and there. Uh, but, he's you know, he's going to be a low strikeout, low walk guy and sprays the ball around the field. And, you know, he can run. He's, he can just in triple-A at bats under his belt uh, and be able to do it over a period of time. I think, you know, he should be ready fairly soon. Yeah, he certainly seems to have the ability to put the bat on the ball, that's for sure. And, and he gets around the bases mighty quick, too. It's fun to watch him uh, once he gets on base. Now, the A's have a new uh, high A affiliate this year, that, and that's Lansing, the Lansing Lugnuts. And it, it's interesting because it looks like you know most of your uh, draft picks from last year have been assigned to high A Lansing this year. Guys like Michael Goldberg, the uh, outfielder, and then the pitchers, uh, Jeff Criswell and Stevie Emanuels are starting out there. And then also a couple of undrafted. Uh, free agency assigned last year too. Jake Suttleson and, and Will Simonite are all there. So it's looking like that that high A Lansing is maybe the going to be the uh, the first destination for a lot of your higher uh, uh, college picks in the future. Yeah, I mean, I just think the way that with our Latin program starting to you know come on and getting these guys out of Arizona and um, you know Stockton's been kind of a landing spot. I think the average age of the Stockton team is probably not much higher than than 20 years old. So we have some young players that are playing there. Uh, every day for the first time, and so it just made more sense to put some of the older uh, college kids uh, in, in high A Lansing. Yeah, so such a different scenario without having a short season team in <laughs> New York Penn League as a, as a way station now. But I was going to ask you about that in Stockton because it seems like really you've got a ton of uh, young Latin American players there in Stockton this year, looking like maybe that's going to be the, the first stop for a lot of your Latin American talent going forward there. But also just two of the most high-profile prospects in the A's system, uh, a couple of young guys, both teenagers, Tyler Soderstrom, who was your first-round pick last year, and then Robert Paulson, a highly touted player as well, both starting the season in Stockton. Can you talk about the decision to, to start them both there rather than taking it slow with maybe a little Arizona league action first and putting them as teenagers right there to start out in Stockton this year. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really have any qualms with Soderstrom. I mean, his bat is pretty advanced for for his age. You know, he got to play. He's played a lot of games. He's played a lot of, you know, high-level summer games with, you know, Team USA's and showcases and stuff like that. So he's he's seen the quality of the pitching. Uh, there's a little bit more concern with Poisson. Uh, we did have a couple injuries in, in camp to Vargas and Brito that, that – didn't really force our hand, but kind of give Passan a chance to go out uh, and get his feet wet. He just hasn't played as many, ga- you know, he hasn't played any games. You know, right. where it's different. You know, a lot of Latin America, you're doing a lot of tryouts and showcases. You're not really playing in games, so you know his 
uh, in-game knowledge and, and uh, patience of play and all that stuff's gonna it's gonna take a little bit longer for him. Where Tyler's like a little more experienced at least playing, even though they're both the same age. Tyler just played more games, and whether it be through high school or or summer ball or travel ball, whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, certainly growing up in the States, there's plenty of opportunities to get into plenty of games. And like you mentioned, in Latin America, that's not quite so much the case. And Soderstrom thus far certainly seems to be pretty polished for a teenager and certainly looks like a very promising young hitter. And like we mentioned, there's a lot of Latin American players on that Stockton roster this year, and it looks like that'll probably be the first stop for a lot of them going forward. But you've also got some intriguing guys like Brian Buelvis and uh, Junior Perez. Can you talk just a little bit about some of the other Latin America players there in Stockton this year that, that you've kind of got your eye on? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Brian came on the scene, um, you know, a couple of years ago. as a 17-year-old, came over the Arizona League and, and did very well. You know, and then obviously last year we, we were fortunate enough to take him to the alt site where he got to see, be around some older players. Uh, he struggled, um, which was to be expected. He struggled, kind of struggled instructionally, but he came back this spring, had a really good spring. Uh, he's off to a pretty good start, I think, so far. I mean, uh, they're all going to struggle a little bit at times, just, you know, playing, used to playing six days in a row. Uh, but he's, he's done well. And Junior Perez, we're getting kind of our first real look at him, you know, after getting him over from San Diego. Uh, but he seems to be a, a, you know, a fun player to watch. He can run it down the outfield. The ball comes off his bat a lot different uh, than, you know, some of the younger players. I mean, it's got some loud sounds. So I think there's some, some future power in there uh, for him. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, for fans in Stockton to get a first look at some of these really talented, really young Latin American players who are, who are going to be coming through Stockton uh, at this point. And then a couple of guys I wanted to ask you about as well are uh, Austin Beck and Lazaro Armenteras. Of course, two guys who were very highly touted prospects in the A system. Both of them maybe haven't developed as quickly as, as some would have hoped. And this year, Austin Beck is back repeating uh, high A. This year, it's at Lansing. That's the new high A affiliate. And then Lazaro is back in Stockton, which is actually the low A affiliate this year. So that's a bit of a step backwards for him. So can you talk a little bit about the decision to, to place those guys where you did and, and why you felt those were the best assignments for them to start out this year? Yeah, we, we just wanted them to get off to a good start, you know, and we felt like uh, whether it's, you know, splitting them up and, and getting at bats and, and, you know, repeating a level or maybe going down a level, uh, you know, they both need to work on their strike zone recognition, their breaking ball recognition, and, you know, they both missed a year just like everybody else. So it was just, you know, get them off to a good start. We didn't want to push them up another level and have them struggle again. We just wanted to get them some confidence to go out there and, and uh, you know, maybe – play with a little bit of chip on their shoulder and, and get back on track. Right, right, yeah. It certainly could help to build confidence, and, and it never hurts to play with a chip on your shoulder. I remember the year that uh, Ryan Healy got left behind in, in A at Midland when everybody else got promoted, and he played with a chip on his shoulder and ended up in Oakland very quickly. So That's right. <laughs> not such a bad thing sometimes. Okay, I, finally I wanted to just ask you a little bit about the Arizona League and the draft, because things are a little different this year. In the past, the draft was always held about a week, the first, you know, about a week into June. This year it's going to be held, I think, on July 11th. And uh, I know the Arizona League would always start play in late June, and you'd have all those draft picks from the, the draft in early June starting to play there. But this year, is the Arizona League also going to still start in, in late June before the draft at this point? It is, yeah. It's, it's scheduled to start June 24th, I believe. Um, and we'll have one team there versus two. Uh, so we'll just kind of see what happens. I don't think we have an exact uh, plan in place for – the drafted players, it'll probably depend on 
you know, what the draft looks like in terms of pitchers versus position players, high schooler versus college players. Uh, I'm sure we'll send some of those guys out. Uh, the fact that the draft is, is later, some of these pitchers might not have pitched in, uh, you know, over a month. So they'll need some time to build back up. Uh, and plus, you know, we have that 180 cap limit now. So mm-hmm. anybody that we go and activate uh, on a roster during the season, we'll have to, you know, get rid of somebody else. So we want to make sure that those players are, are ready to go before we activate them somewhere else. And then we'll figure out what we want to do instructionally wise. Um, and that's, you know, really going to depend on if, if other teams are doing a traditional instructional league, got to see what the fall league looks like. Uh, so there's some still unanswered questions on moving forward after the draft. Uh, but I'm sure that we'll, you know, we'll get some of our top picks out there and, and get them playing right away, whether it be uh, probably Stockton, Arizona, or Lansing. Yeah, interesting. The new makeup of things is really going to force your hand and, and force a lot of guys <laughs> into action a lot sooner than they, they might normally be. When you mentioned the 180 cap, people might not know that you're limited to having 180 uh, players in your minor league system at this point. So, so it's not once you draft players that you have to start kind of cutting other guys, but it's when you assign, assign them to actual rosters, right? Yeah, so they don't, yeah, they don't count against your 180. Uh, you know, we're, at, we're right about that 180 mark right now, but so when the draft we activate 20 players uh, either during the regular season or on the off season is when they would start. So if they, if they play a championship season game, it's the counting. Um, otherwise, they, they get put on the 180 at the end of the major league season. Yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting thing I hadn't thought of, that once you start adding those guys, you're going to have to subtract somewhere, too. And then finally, I know you're, you're originally from Stockton, so uh, are you planning on spending a lot of time this season there uh, out at the ballpark in Stockton, keeping an eye on some of these uh, Latin American guys, these young, uh, young players that are developing there? Yeah, so I think the focus early on for most of our uh, you know, our coordinators or rovers will be stocked in Arizona. You know, we have a big group, about 50 players in Arizona, uh, and then the younger group here in Stockton. So there'll be a lot of uh, extra hands coming into Stockton to help these guys out. Um, you know, coordinators can't go into the AAA level because it's part of the big league bubble, so mm. that eliminates really anybody from going up there and seeing them. Uh, and so we'll really focus on the lower levels um, for the most part, the first part of the season for sure. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. So even your own minor league uh, coordinators are, are, are limited from going to AAA. They're being so careful with things. Interesting. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ed. It's uh, great to have a minor league season underway finally, and it's uh, great to get some perspective on, uh, on the A system from you as we get things rolling here. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today. All right. Anytime, Bill. Thank you. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.